You are listening to the acclaimed Professional by Choice podcast that is going to prepare you for the competitive professional world. Just like any sport, being a professional takes time, effort, practice, and commitment. With rigorous training and focus, you will know what it takes to be a professional. And now presenting your host, Hailing from East Chicago, Indiana, the man, the marine, the legend, the all-knowing master of the professional routine, Chris Molina. So welcome to another episode of the Professional by Choice podcast. Today's guest is Nate Sergis. Nate is an incoming senior at Purdue University's Cranert School of Management studying marketing with a minor in philosophy. Nate is very involved on campus outside of the classroom through the, the School of Management Employers Forum, also known as SMEF, Purdue Old Masters, Collegiate Consulting Association, CCA, Delta Sigma Pi, DSP, and also Purdue Athletics. And if you don't know him, <laughs> and I'm sure you will over the next uh, couple minutes, you can expect a find somebody who is just very engaging and has endless amounts of positive energy and enthusiasm. That's one thing that I, I really appreciate and enjoy about Nate. Uh, Nate's internship experiences include sales, marketing, um, sales and marketing for Polaris Inc., um, advertising solutions and strategies for Brightful, Brightpool. And after the summer, he'll be able to add software sales internship for Thomas Reuters. So if there are any recruiters listening out there post-graduation, which will be coming up pretty soon, um, uh, Nate is interested in all marketing, sales, and consulting opportunities. So Nate, welcome to the PBC podcast and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to spend time with you um, and to ask you some of these questions that I have lined up. Um, but before we dive in, just wanted to ask you how your day has been so far. It's, it's been a good day. It's been a good weekend. I'm enjoying some good weather up here. Um, Hopefully that, hopefully that continues over the next few months. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, so before we get into your story, um, uh, and, and I ask you a few questions, are, do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're excited about or life events that you're excited about that you don't mind sharing with us today? I, I, I like starting off with that. Uh, life events, um, graduation's coming up in six months. That's big. Sure. I, I, would say, I would say that's something I'm really excited about. I'm assuming all goes well here. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world we live in right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it looks like I will be, we'll be on campus at Purdue in the fall. Yeah. There is an online option, but it looks like most people are going to be going back and taking a lot of new precautions. That's kind of where my head's at looking forward to that. Um, other than that, I, I've got a, I've got some stuff I'm working on this summer. Uh, my internship with Thompson Reuters um, has been great so far. I'm also doing some stuff on the side with Brightpool. I'm helping with, um, advertiser solutions in the identity space. That's a whole other conversation, but it's been, a, it's been a good summer since the spring semester ended so far. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that sincerely. So um, I want to dive in with generally what my first question is to, to the people that I interview on, on this podcast. And that's uh, what well, one thing that I didn't mention in, about your intro um, or in your intro is that you've taken advantage of a ridiculous amount of leadership opportunities in your college career. And um, we were talking before the podcast and you, uh, you just ended those. Um, so you yeah. are, I think, in a perfect place to reflect on them because you're not in them right now, but you just were. Um, and so with your focus on sales and marketing and your passion there, and also, also your passion in leadership, my first question is why? Why have you dedicated so much time and energy to those two things, to sales and marketing and also to leadership? That's a great question. And I think I'll start with, with talking about the leadership piece sure. um, because I, and, and I think it's a little misleading to be honest, to, to read my LinkedIn bio <laughs> and see, Oh, look, he's been, he's been involved in all these things. Um, it wasn't all at once. I'm kind of staggered for the most part. I, I, I'm a person who, when looking into leadership opportunities, I don't want to do, more than I can handle, and I'll probably talk about that later too. Yep. Um, but for me, it was surround. It was always about surrounding myself with people that I knew would challenge me to help me grow personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, early on, um, if I hadn't jumped right in uh, within the first few weeks freshman year, I wouldn't have met uh, certain mentors and, and, and coaches that I had from a student, faculty, alumni perspective um, that have helped me grow to the person I am today. So, sure. um, leadership, you know. I think it starts with just active involvement, engagement, uh, mm -hmm. and, and that, that I'm sure you've seen this too, right? If you, sure. if you show that you're really interested in something, people will cling on to that. 
uh, they'll believe in you and then they'll help you get to that next level. And, I, and I've been able to do that in a, in a few different organizations, which has been great. Um, but yeah, I, my, my last leadership role as president of the School of Management Employers Forum, SMAF, ended in just a few weeks before COVID hit. So sure. uh, the, the new president, Connor Latch, he's got a much more difficult role than I, than I did, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's on the leadership side and also the sales and marketing side. Um, I grew up working in sales uh, for my family's retail business oh, okay. in Northern Wisconsin. I actually, uh, sold high end pocket knives to be frank. And it was, okay. uh, it was very interesting, uh, sure. doing that from the age of probably 11 to 19, um, learned a lot about just persuasion, negotiations, talking to people, mm-hmm. listening, things along those lines, um, in a B2C context. And now working in B2B, it's, it's teaching me a lot more about patience uh, as, as sales in B2B are typically longer drawn out, uh, more money's involved, they're higher sure. stakes. Um, that on the sales side, I've always been interested in sales. And then from the marketing pers- perspective, with my minor in psychology, it's about understanding consumers sure. um, and, and how we can, we can reach consumers to, like, to target ads to them more effectively. All of us love when we are on Instagram and we see an ad that is like perfectly targeted to yes. us. Um, we, we click shop now because the Instagram did good. They did mm-hmm. good parting with that advertiser. And I, and that, that's the part of marketing that I enjoy. So yeah. uh, putting myself in like marketing roles within student organizations have been, have been great to give me that experience early on. I bet. And that's, that's yeah. really interesting to hear that background because you, you have some invaluable experience. There's some people that try to fight for internships so they can get that experience. And some that don't even get it until the, until they're in their profession in their industry for X amount of years. So getting that super early, that is really awesome. That, 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 I'm sure that pays off dividends. Um, and I, I want to circle back to the leadership part. I don't, I don't know if, um, if, if you really touched on the why. You, you, you touched on kind of um, your, a little bit about your experience and that you jumped into it because um, maybe you aligned yourself with people that were passionate and that displayed enthusiasm and you try to do those things yourself. But why was there, were you just, do you feel like you were just naturally gravitating towards leadership roles or was there an active part of your mind saying that I need to do this because of X, Y, Z? I like that you're going a little bit deeper here. Uh, and yeah, I didn't really touch on the why as much. I think to, to, to go a little bit further in high school too, I was always someone who got, I went to a very small school with only 45 kids in my grade. So mm-hmm. I did all sorts of things all at once. I think I was used to it to some extent okay. as part of it. Um, going to college, I saw myself as, as wanting to just meet a bunch of new people. I went okay. to, I, I'm coming from out of state. I didn't know anybody at Purdue. Mm-hmm. So a big part of it was, was meeting people, right? I didn't have any high school friends around me, um, in that with me. So that along with just being really curious, that's probably the biggest why is I just, I had no clue as an 18 year old where I wanted my life to go. I, mm-hmm. I still really don't at 21, but I'm a lot closer. Right. Um, <laughs> And, and at the time, I, I wanted to meet new people and talk about people who've been through been through the rings once or twice before. Sure. Um, and, and it's the curiosity that drove me to get as involved as I did, for sure. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. you 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 understood the value of that experience and all the things that entailed leadership roles and the value of that. So you went into it. That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. that's really cool. So that, I think that's a that's a good segue because um, the next question that I want to ask you is. For the listeners that uh, might be in that role or, or in that position that you talked about as a freshman or sophomore, and they're contemplating pursuing a leadership role on campus, um, and they're undecided because they don't know enough about it, and maybe they don't have the same enthusiasm that you had to just take that leap, how would you describe that to them? How would you describe leadership roles on campus to, to the listeners? So how would I describe leadership roles? It's really, there the, in my opinion, the best learning opportunities on campus. And I don't mm-hmm. want to use that term too, too vaguely. It's like truly learning hands-on experience. Uh, I think you actually taught me the 70-20-10 principle a few years back when I first heard you speak. I talk about it all the time. I'm sure I figured, it was. <laughs> I figured yeah, it definitely was you. So, but, but that, uh, for, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, 70% uh, of that 70, 20, 10 is like hands-on real world experience on the job at 20% being from mentors, coaches, um, and peers, right? And that 10% being from lectures, classroom teachings and such. Mm-hmm. So that 10%, obviously we're paying a lot of money for that 10%. So mm-hmm. it's by far not, by, by no means irrelevant, <laughs> but the 70% is that's, that's what drew me. So, uh, and especially freshman year, you're taking those, uh, you know, you're taking those 
classes that you have to take just to your, your requirements for your major sure. um, to get them out of the way. And, and, you know, I wasn't taking any marketing or sales classes that really interested me. So I figured, you know, why not go out and, and become, I, I was the VP of marketing for Delta Sigma Pi my freshman year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was to get that experience early on and to have like seniors on my committee that, that helped me out. Um, mm -hmm. But to, to describe it a little bit further, students who are eager to get involved or those who aren't can all come together uh, mm -hmm. and learn to collaborate. And I think it teaches you so, leadership opportunities teach you so much from delegation skills, which I did not have at all at mm -hmm. first. Um, I, which I know you talk about in your book too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, those along with listening, understanding everyone's needs and, and opinions and, and hearing everybody out, um, especially in a larger group, it, it becomes very challenging to, to manage a lot of people at once. And if you can have a, a management role in a leadership role in college, I mean, talk, when you go into the real world, it's going to be, it's going to be easy because you've been mm -hmm. through it. Sure. So that's what I would say to, to any student interested is, like I said before, be curious, um, talk to as many people as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're not a person who wants to stretch yourself super thin and be involved in everything, um, yeah. find that one or two, those one or two things that you really love and then go after them. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to get your take on this because I, I think you, the things that you talked about are accurate and very important for, um, for people to, to understand. But, um, yesterday I interviewed, uh, Chloe Jenkins and, um, um, one of the things that she mentioned that I think is very important. And I'm, I'm wondering if you agree is that before she took the leadership role on, she looked at it as, um, and she was the, the, the president of women in business. She looked at it as, um, a ton of work that she wasn't sure if, if she would be able to handle. And then whenever she went into it, she realized, wow, this is something that I can handle. And I, I pointed that out then. And I want to get your point or point of view on it, because I think that that is so important for aspiring leaders to understand and people that might shrug off leadership opportunities because they think they don't have enough time for it. Everybody on campus can take those leadership roles it's just who wants to do them and who who steps up to the plate to do them so if you're ever sitting back thinking man i don't know if i could do this more than likely the answer is you can sure yeah i agree with you yeah it's um, time management is huge i think that's a, a big part of that equation is is people like chloe and myself who who joined a bunch of different clubs freshman sophomore year Mm -hmm. um, we looked at taking that next step to, you know, the president role of our, of our respective org as, as daunting because we didn't know if we had, we'd have time for it. And mm -hmm. I think most, most individuals who have a lot of their plate will, will probably think that at some point or other. Sure. Just whether or not they're going to let that them hold, them, let that hold them back. Mm -hmm. um, for me, for me, it's, it was about prior prioritization. Sure. That was the biggest thing. So I knew if I took that next step up to, to be the president of a, of a student org, I would have to scale back in others. Sure. Um, I just, that for me, I knew that's what I needed to do. Um, those were some difficult conversations, um, <laughs> but, but having done that, it, it made my life a lot easier and it helped me give 110% yeah. in that role when I got there. And I think Chloe it was, was probably the same way. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I met you guys and, and a few other um, whenever I was just doing a wave of presentations on Purdue's campus in one or two semesters. And it's interesting because whenever I do that, I tend to, because I talk about leadership, I tend to um, gravitate towards and have people gravitate towards me that love leadership and are those future leaders. And it's so refreshing and motivating for me to get young minds like you that are so motivated, so dedicated about leadership to, to continuously I don't know, refresh my mind because if I, if I didn't have you guys, I don't know if, uh, if I'd be as motivated as I, as I am right now. Um, but I digress. So specifically you talked about time management. Um, oh, yeah. and I found that to be, I always find that to be an interesting topic along with a few others. I think nutrition falls into that. We talked about nutrition right before we started the podcast, because I think that time management along with nutrition and a few other things fall into a category where people will roll their eyes because they might think I've been managing time my entire life. Every single day I manage my time. Every single day I eat. Who's going to tell me about how to eat right or how to manage my time correctly? So if you can talk to me a little bit more about time management, specifically how students and student leaders can effectively manage their time to, to maximize their, their student experience. That, that's a phenomenal question. Um, 
from the from a nutritional standpoint, I, I don't I don't think that's the the main underlying aspect of this. But sure. I think when 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 you're when you're on in college and you you've got four finals coming up and you've, you're involved in two or three student organizations uh, and you want to try to have a social life, you want to try to sleep seven eight hours a night, <laughs> you want to try to eat healthy. It's it's not possible. But what I will say is is for me, like my my girlfriend, I love to cook. So even if we're really, really busy, we're going to try to cook a meal, uh, a fresh meal for each other. Um, that for us is, is, is a lot better for our minds and our bodies than going out and getting McDonald's, yep. you know, especially during finals, you want to feel your mind, um, with that good food before. So, but man, it's, it's, it's crucial. Um, for me, I've always, I've always stressed, um, screen time as being the biggest hindrance to effectively managing your time. Okay. So for me, freshman year, I noticed, oh man, I, I'm on, I, I'm on Instagram all day. You know, I'm on, um, I'm watching YouTube videos all day. Mm -hmm. Well, that, th those moments I was probably less uh, effective in my time management than others. Sure. So what I did before iPhones had the screen time feature my freshman year, I downloaded an app called moment okay. and that app actually tracked every, everything I did on my phone, how many times I picked it up. Gave huh. me goals for every day. It was so. This is super interesting. Yeah, and then um, I, I I ended up getting a version of it where it would kick you off your phone during a certain time of the day. So let's say from nine to three, I wanted to I wanted my phone to kick me off when I went on it. So I'd go on my phone and it'd start vibrating, <laughs> and it wouldn't let me go on it. But that trained me to. I, I was on my phone for about four hours on average per day before, sure. and I got this app and I I brought it down to like an hour and ten minutes per nice. day. Nice. Um, and look what that, look, what I was able to do with that extra time was huge for me. Yeah. Um, so, what what, so what exactly? Was, yeah. Tell me, what exactly were you able to do at that time? Do you remember? Uh, so I, th I think big thing with managing your time, um, if you're, if you are in school, I, we talk about 70, 20, 10 as if 10 is like the, the most irrelevant, but you are still a student before you are a member of all these organizations. You still mm -hmm. have to do well in these classes. You can't slack off and, and you know, forget about it. So for me, it, making time to study. Um, and, and after I'm done studying, after I'm doing my homework, then I put all this extra time and the extra time in organizations mm -hmm. is what I didn't have uh, when I was say on my phone all the time. Gotcha. Like this. And, and then the other thing is, is sleep. I'm a huge proponent on sleeping sure. well. Um, getting a consistent eight hours a night is huge for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably a little too much. My friends think I'm crazy for, for going to bed early all the time. But, <laughs> but I, I love waking up early and having that long fulfilling day. Mm -hmm. And if you, if I can be off my phone, if I can eat well, if I can make a list of things I know I want to get through during the day, yeah. um, uh, it'll be a good day. Um, yeah. so, so you see these posts on LinkedIn of people saying, Oh, I woke up at five today. I went for a two mile run. I meditated. I ate a healthy breakfast. I talked to all my mentors. Like you probably didn't, um, <laughs> realistically, you probably didn't. And, and mo most of us are, are normal in, in the sense that we want to sleep in a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. We want to have those cheat meals, right? But if you can, if you can knock off a few really effective things every day that you want to do, that's mm -hmm. what I do. To do list every day, um, you, you'll be you'll be a lot better off. I'm, I'm curious about this. Um, waking up early, is there something that you specifically do that gets you out of bed? Because I think that's the that's the hard part. Staying really up is not the hard part. Getting up is the hard part. Yes. So if if you have no direction in your day, there's no reason to get up. Sure. So if I have, if I have, it's easy kind of for a job because you're like, Oh, I have to get up now. I have to go to work. Yep. But if you're enjoying what you're doing, it's, it's a lot easier uh, to get up when you're writing your book. I'm sure you were so pumped to get it done. You were waking up early to write. I'm sure, sure you were. Yep. Um, but that's because you enjoyed what you were doing, mm -hmm. right? If you dread what you're doing, like for example, seven 30, uh, computer science lab, right? That's something <laughs> I dreaded. So I didn't want to get up for it. And guys skip some sure. Right. But yep. It just, it comes down to being excited about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What do I love doing? I love, I love getting a lot done during the day. I, I feel super uh, fulfilled when I do that. I love going golfing, playing basketball, working out. Those are things I love. That gets me out of bed in the morning. Okay. Um, the things, the things that I know that I know I'm, I'm doing that I enjoy. So, so you, fun. you, you kind of, uh, uh, play against your, your, your own, uh, bad habits. So you put your good habits at the beginning of the day that will get you started so that you yes. don't have a choice to slack off at the, that, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you also don't push it off and you don't, uh, you know, procrastinate to the end of the day. That's mm -hmm. the other thing. Um, if I start off my day with a good workout, I, I'm more likely to be, my mind's better, more likely to be in it sure. during the day. I'm also not a coffee drinker. I don't drink caffeine. 
Um, it, and that comes down to sleeping well. Will sure. I always be able to do that for the rest of my life? Cross my fingers, yes. <laughs> not when I have kids, but again, <laughs> I'm sure you I'm sure you laugh at that because you just had a kid. Um, <laughs> yep, there, see, there it is, there it is. Um, yeah, that time management, it, it, it's definitely a largely talked about discussion, but for students, for students, it's not pulling all-nighters. It's mm -hmm. not chugging Red Bulls at 6 a.m., in my opinion. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, since we're on this topic, because I, I really do enjoy it, because it, it, it's time management also can just be relabeled to be called productivity. Um, and I think I, I, one thing that I hate is seeing um, potential or productivity just going to waste. And um, one thing that I found out through my, my professional career, because the Marine Corps does a really good job of making sure you get out of bed. There's no choice. You don't <laughs> get to slack off. Um, but uh, whenever, and that kind of bled into my, my college career, like I would just wake up and that was it. There was no question. Um, the further that I got away from my uh, honorable discharge in the Marine Corps, the, the more that I, I kept on thinking, well, maybe I could just stay in bed. But when I was at John Deere, um, so I'm an extrovert and I'm sure you get this. Um, so I'm an extrovert's extrovert. Like I love people and they just give me energy, um, whether it's virtual or in person. So my first role at John Deere, whenever I graduated and I was on full time, was at their harvester factory. And I was on the floor. My job as a supply chain um, and operations guy was to ensure that the last two departments in that factory got all the parts they need so, they did so that they didn't go lying down. And they were right before the harvester left our factory. And every single part of the factory is important. But for me, knowing that I, was, <laughs> I, I could hold everything up, that, was, that put a lot of pressure on me. Um, I would work between 10 to 14 hour days sometime. Um, John Deere is a phenomenal company. They paid time and a half to their salary folks even after that. So I was okay compensation wise, but those were long hours. And when I got home, that's whenever I started this podcast. That's whenever I started my speaking career. That's when I started so many other things because I had so much energy. Number one, I liked what I was doing. I found meaning behind it. John Deere feeds, helps feed the world. Number two, I was an extrovert. I was meeting people. I was interacting with hundreds of people every single day. Um, and then I left that factory and went on to my second role. And that was at corporate doing cost management. And there were days where I literally would not say any words if I wasn't singing to a song when I got home. I would go to work and I could sit down in my cubicle and I would work and then I would go home and I, I would only send emails. And those days I would work eight hour days, sometimes um, a little bit less if I just got my work done. And I went home and I was drained. I couldn't do any podcasts. I couldn't do anything. So um, understanding what gives you energy, I think is so important too, because um, no, it didn't matter how much sleep I got. Whenever I had my office job, I wasn't interacting with people. I wasn't refilling my bucket. So I, w I wasn't, I, I, I just, I wasn't productive. I, I couldn't even manage my time. And I do think that is important as well. Interesting. Yeah. I like when you talk about recognizing what gives you energy. It's huge. Mm -hmm. For me, it's people too. Sure. Um, I had a phenomenal internship last summer at Polaris where I became a lot more proficient at analyzing data, for example. But, um, the people aspect wasn't as much there. I didn't mm -hmm. get to communicate with as many people. Um, and now in this new internship with Thompson Reuters, I'm, I'm calling people every day, sure. which I enjoy, but I want to find that middle ground between working with data, mm -hmm. being able to pull those meaningful insights um, and present those findings, which I love doing too. Sure. And then also just, just being able to interact and, and get yeah. energy from people during the day. I'm also a person who I'm not going to get anything from sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. I can't do it. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I'm with and, you. and on the, on the other side of that, my wife, um, is an introvert and, uh, one of my favorite motivational speakers, uh, Mitch Matthews is also a, um, a, an introvert. Uh, yeah, write, write that name down. He is, I will, I will. he is motivating as heck. Um, Mitch Matthews, um, I see, but yeah. they both, I know because I'm, uh, I've been married to my wife for over 13 years now and, um, she, you won't know that she's an introvert. Same thing with Mitch Matthews. And she will sometimes just need to come home and sit in a room with, by herself. That gives her energy. She needs to recharge. Whereas I need people to recharge. And Mitch Matthews is the same way. He goes into rooms, he rocks the crowd, he interacts with people. And he says, sometimes he'll go on a two, three day 
um, rotation of doing um, back-to-back presentations and meeting with so many different people. And he calls it sitting on a couch like a blob. Like he just needs to sit on the couch like a blob and just stare at a wall and that helps him recharge. So yeah, it's important both sides to make sure that yeah. uh, we're getting what we need. Um, Absolutely. But um, so moving on to the next thing that I did want to talk about, um, going back to student leadership specifically, um, when you think about freshmen and sophomore um, that are thinking about getting involved on campus and potentially taking leadership roles, what advice do you have to them? Um, and maybe I could rephrase it a different way. If you could directly speak to first semester, first month, freshman, Nate Surgis, and <laughs> <laughs> you had to give him advice on this topic, what would you tell him? So, yeah, talking to my three, myself three years ago, what would I say? <laughs> that, 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 that's a good question. That's well thought out. Um, I, I think I'd try to break it up into three, three areas. I think the first would just be, I said it before, but be curious. Sure. And more, more specifically, I would tell my old self to, to go to a bunch of information sessions and call-outs. Okay. If you're going to information sessions and call-outs, you're not committing yourself to anything. Or student um, organizations. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. So if, if you go to 10, 15 call-outs, obviously you're not going to join 10, 15 student orgs. You're probably mm-hmm. going to, you, you're hopefully going to join a couple. Sure. But after that, you'll have a better understanding of, of what, the organization entails more so than just talking to people on the street saying, Hey, what, what do you think of this club? In my opinion, yep. um, you, you should do both. Um, yeah. Interact with a bunch of different people. Don't, don't just sit in the audience at the call, but come 10 minutes before and chat with some people. I, I if you're the first person there, I guarantee you, you're going to get more than if you're the last mm-hmm. um, and then, and then stay after yeah. for, for time and, and talk to as many people for as long as you can. I remember my freshman year staying at calls for like 30 minutes afterwards and then having to kick me out. Well, at least I learned more about it, right? Um, yeah, and, and, and not, not to interrupt you, I think that you're going to find which organizations you fit in with than you don't because you're going to understand the culture if you meet more people in that organization. Yeah, I think you'll just feel it after walking out of a con. You're going to smile and say, oh, yeah, yeah this is it. Or you're going to be like, oh, Mike, that's not. <laughs> um, and, and, and on that point, I'd also tell my, my freshman yourself, Take those, I mean, a lot of times you're assigned a mentor as a freshman. Yep. Um, don't just take that as, oh, this is a, some guy I should report up to, send my resume to. Like, truly learn and listen to what that person has to say, especially if they've had a lot of different leadership roles. Um, I had a few different people that I um, looked up to freshman year. One was was Joe Feeks, who was a junior when I was a freshman. He worked for Ford. He taught me a bunch about what he learned in marketing and sales that I've been able to apply I remember looking at his resume and saying, wow, like I want my resume to look like this. Um, and same with, with a, a guy named Matt Butler, who was a senior when I was a freshman. He, he taught me a lot too, more so than this is how to make your resume or cover letter look. Um, I'm, I'm curious, how, what know? advice do you have to freshmen and sophomore on finding mentors? How do you find them? How do you um, that's like, I don't think when most people talk about mentorship, it's typically not something that is like explicitly asked for. Like, it's, will you be my mentor? It's informal. I think that, I think that's how mentorships are started. Sure. I think they're started with really engaging conversations, thoughtful conversations between two people where one is looking to learn a lot from the other. Um, but mentorships are a two way street is the mm-hmm. biggest thing I've learned. So don't, if you're a freshman, don't come into a mentor relation, mentorship relationship thinking that, Oh, I'm just going to be the one, you know, gaining all this stuff. You want, you want to try to help each other in in as many ways as possible. That doesn't seem possible sometimes as a freshman. Um, but, but there are ways to make that happen. So how to find a mentor, find people that you enjoy talking to. And if you enjoy, if you enjoy talking to to people about topics that interest you, you can grab coffee with them, grab lunch with them and and talk about it more. And Mm -hmm. then say, Hey, like, I was hoping I've got a couple questions for you. Like I want you to help me out. And sure. most people, no one's going to say, no, I'm not going to help you out. Yeah. Um, hopefully most people would do that. So, so that's what I would say is just find people that you, you have had good conversations with in the past. Those are probably going to be your best mentors. Sure. That makes sense. And, and I think yeah. uh, I'd also add on to that um, just off the top of my head. Um, those people that are in the positions that you want to be like you specifically mentioned, wow, I want my resume to look like this. If you can see somebody's resume and they hit a bunch of things that you're interested in and that you aspire to be, do your best to 
to ask that person. And that's one thing that the, they told us in the Marine Corps, or I, or I had a leader mention to me is, um, find that, uh, that leader that is, is the type of leader that you want to be and yes. go tell that person, I want to learn from you about what you do and how you do it. And that's in the Marine Corps, we're a bit more, uh, uh, rude initially. So normally they're like, get out of my face, kid. And, um, even though that's uh, something that might be said to you later, they're going to take you under their wing because you flatter them. And it, any true leader wants to help other people lead. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'd add that to that. That's wonderful. I, I like the, the point about flattery, but I would say genuine flattery, right? Yes. I love that you say, I really am interested in, in what you do and how you do it. And I want to learn more. That's yeah. that. That's what I would say to you, a freshman. Is if you say that to a senior or an alumni, they're going to help you. They're going to help you, hundred <laughs> percent. And I would also say to to freshmen, sophomores, I see a lot. There's this thing called Club Expo at Purdue, where every student organization in the business school sets up shop in the business school with tables and information flyers and stuff. And and it's everyone all at once. And freshmen and sophomores can come in, walk around, meet new people, learn about each organization. Um, aside from just the college, which is more information. Mm -hmm. But I would say for people who do that, I see a lot of kids walking to every table and wanting to be in everything. Uh, and, that, and that was me. That was yeah. totally me. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be in everything. And I have uh, not mentioning any specific names, but I, I've had to, to scale back or leave a lot of organizations just because I just didn't have the, t I didn't have the time. And, I, and I, if, if I was in six, seven, eight organizations, I, I would only be able to give them 5% each instead yep. of giving two organizations 100%, which is sure. what, I, what I tried to do throughout the last year or so. Yep. Right? Um, so that's what I'd say. It, it comes down to understanding what's most important to you. Mm -hmm. um, don't feel bad leaving an organization. Um, if, if you leave an organization and people shun you for the rest of your lives, they probably weren't the best people to be in your <laughs> lives anyways. So that's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, and, and I'm also curious on uh, your take on this. How would you go about advising either freshman year version of you or, or just college students in general on how to choose student organizations? Because there are so many that you can choose. You can, you can choose based off of your major. You can choose based off of uh, um, what ethnic group you, you fall into. Yep. You can just yep. randomly choose a fraternity or sorority based on your gender. Um, you can go down many different roads. What, what would be your advice? My advice is ideally you want to have one of three things you want to have. So I, I was in Delta Sigma Pi, that's a professional fraternity mm -hmm. with definitely a social aspect. Mm -hmm. um, I was also in the School of Management Employers Forum, which was only in the business school, was a little bit more professional. And then Old Masters, which Old Masters pulls from every major. Mm -hmm. And so off of that, I would say the most important role for many students is to be in a group with people from all majors. Okay. I'm not going to say those niche, those niche you know, groups are not going to help you learn but if you're around people that are all marketing majors, you're probably not going to learn as much from people of different diversities of thought than if you're in a group with engineers and people in, in the school of science and, sure. and all these other, you know, so that, that's what I would say is to find, yes, find that club like in the business school with people of similar interests to you, mm -hmm. but also find those, those clubs that you can, you can have fun with socially and then you yeah. can have, um, that you can learn from people other schools in. That's what I would say. Yeah, and, and, and that is so important that uh, I remember specifically we were on the second floor of, uh, of Cranert in yep. one of the e-board meetings. I was president of, of AKSI and we we're doing our e-board meeting and we went, went around the table on this one issue and we, I thought, had a consensus on where to go. And then my VP of membership at that point, Pradeep, he was a um, computer science major or computer engineering major. He raised his hand. He was like, well, why don't we do it like this? Or what about this? He brought up a point that none of us business majors had thought of. And I looked around, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and that was just a cold bucket of water in my face of, hey, diversity of thought is important. And here is a perfect example of why. So I think that's really important to, to point out. Um, and so college or student organizations that have diversity, do you just look for the ones that say we accept all majors? Is that how you know? 
Interesting. Yeah. So, so our, our experiences in business fraternities are very different as, as yeah. AKSI accepts people of any major and DSP is only management majors or related mm-hmm. majors. So, so I, at that point, I didn't really know what I was looking for, to be quite sure. honest with you. Freshman year, I, I, I thought, Oh sweet. All business majors. That's good. And I, and I still think it's been a valuable experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but once I got a year or so in, I was like, Oh, I, I, I haven't met a lot of engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, Purdue's an engineering school. Obviously there's a lot of very bright engineering students. Um, and if I had enjoyed old masters, whom I knew took people from other other schools, other majors, mm-hmm. um, I, I looked forward to joining that because okay, this is the finally I have a, I have a club outside of Cranford that I'm in, so that, <laughs> that's what I that's what I looked forward to. There's okay. all sorts of those across campus. Old masters was great, helping me um, understand the you know importance of alumni relations and yeah. and yeah, just ultimately meeting <laughs> majors. My in my group, I, there, I was the only kid in Cranford, so yeah, that, that was great. Yeah. I um. It's interesting because um, I'm, I'm, I'm a chapter advisor for the Alpha Kappa Psi um, chapter at, at Purdue. And um, I, my closest friends have come, my closest friends from college have come from AKSI, but I generally, I have more quantity friends from DSP based on the, the, the professional um, conferences that I've attended throughout my life. And just, I happen to meet a ton of them. So um, it's a, it, it's interesting to to see those two and they're great people in both. So I think you're right that yeah. you're, you're going to oh, find yeah. value in, in, in pretty much any organization of value. Yeah, um, to be thoughtful about what you're getting involved in, right? Yeah. I mean, if whatever works best for you, if you want to be in two business clubs, if you want to be in two non-business clubs, you think your business education in your <laughs> classes is enough. It, it's everything's going to be, it's going to be different. There's no perfect recipe is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. but there are some guidelines to follow that I think it help. What would you say, is your biggest accomplishment as a student leader and what is your biggest takeaway as a student leader? Well, that's a great question. I think looking at accomplishments, it can be easy to say, Oh, I was involved in eight things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't look at success and accomplishments that way. Um, I look in a little more specific, like situational experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in SMEF, for example, um, one thing that comes to mind, is I talk about the importance of alumni connections, so that's a yep. good segue into this. Um, so in, in, in Old Masters, for people who don't know it, we bring back 50 uh, very accomplished Purdue alumni um, who are you know presidents, CEOs, VPs at, at respective companies, and then many other areas as well. Um, after that experience, I learned if we utilize the Purdue network well, any college can utilize their alumni network well, mm-hmm. you're gonna have so many more doors open for you. Um, so, so I, actually came up with this idea to have an, a, a director of alumni relations. We did not have one before, which oh. I thought was crazy. So <laughs> I brought on uh, two co-directors of alumni relations to spearpoint this effort of helping us connect with our alumni for the past 20 years. Hmm. Um, that was a daunting task at first, and it took a lot of time. But sure. we worked with the director of alumni relations in Craner, mm-hmm. Amber Watkins. She's great. She works with people like Chloe and other people in yep. the President's Council a lot. Um, that was very helpful to pull from our records and our databases and then her databases um, and then pull them all together, send out, and this took several months, but sending out surveys and information to all these alumni and then getting feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we found about 40, 50 alumni that said they were willing to mentor current students. And that was phenomenal. And the reason yeah. I say that was that was fulfilling and, and a great accomplishment for me is that we didn't have many connections with any alumni before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I left, we had a, this very large database with the help of my alumni directors that I hired, that I brought on, um, that students could pull from, from yeah. all sorts of really cool companies. Um, I, I, I took the time to connect with everyone up on LinkedIn. Yeah. So coming out of that role, I've got some amazing connections, many of which I've talked to in the past sure. few months too, um, that I've been able to learn from. So. Yeah. Finding that you know silver lining between oh look you were in Smith twenty years ago I'm in Smith now that's that one little connection that mm-hmm. helps initiate a conversation to hopefully help a student learn more so that was probably my biggest uh, accomplishment mm-hmm. I, I've had some other interesting experiences as well I would also say from an accomplishment standpoint if you just get if you get involved and and seek out leadership roles doors will be opened for you sure in so many ways and for one example for me. Uh, simply being the president of SMEF, I was invited to all sorts of really cool events, dinners. Uh, that was really cool. The one that stuck out to me the most is back in September, 
I was invited to Mitch Daniel's house mm-hmm. for a dinner with um, Donald Graham, who was speaking at Exec Forum, Management 401 that Friday. Yeah. Uh, and, and Donald Graham was the former CEO of the Washington Post and sat yeah. on Facebook's board of directors. And he was someone who I, sitting right next to him, I got to learn a lot from. Um, and I, I kind of was in awe that whole evening because I recognized I never would have been there if it weren't for my leadership experience. That, yep. is, that was huge. That was my best experience. My best takeaway uh, is kind of along those same lines. If you get if you get involved, if you seek out opportunities and then pursue them, mm-hmm. go to the next step from member to you know director to president, let's say, sure. um, really good things will happen. You'll have doors open from a recruiting standpoint. You'll mm-hmm. have alumni come to you or you come to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, job opportunities will open and you'll get close with alumni, faculty, and a lot of other students across yeah. the campus. And that's my biggest takeaway is, is, is the opportunities that have presented itself to me mm-hmm. after I saw, saw, you know, sought them out. Um, because you come to Purdue and it's, it's overwhelming how mm-hmm. many opportunities there are, thousands. And it's, it's really comforting to know that I was able to gain a lot of value sure. from my involvement. So that, that's what I'm walking away knowing. Yeah, and I think you just hit on something specifically. So the habits, that's one thing that I always talk about is creating good habits that stick with you. And especially at the college level, the habits that you create there are going to trickle down to um, you whenever you graduate, whenever you're in industry. And basically, um, the habit that you're talking about, and I, I, I would bet money that you're going to continue this, is raising your hand whenever say, people say, hey, we need to do this. Um, who wants to help out? If you continue to raise your hand, there are going to be conversations that are closed door conversations between very important people and HR. And they're going to talk about who are the standouts, who could take on this next big project, who could do this. And the people that continuously raise their hands and perform, those are going to be the people that they go, well, you know, he or she, um, they've been volunteering all the time and they did this and that and they, they rocked it. So let's, let's tap them on the shoulder. Whenever you hear about people being tapped on the shoulder, it's because, They've been putting themselves out there continuously to help, even though like, it, some, some of the times you're going to raise your hands for projects or for things to work on that don't directly affect your compensation. And so there are some people that will just say, well, that's not my job. I don't get paid to do that. Those no. people are going to be in that position for a very long time. <laughs> yes, yes. And, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, they're not going to get promoted mm-hmm. as quickly as, in my opinion, the people who raise their hands and, and, and also take a creative approach to having some new thing you bring forward, right? If you're in a student organization or a job, if you have a creative idea, sometimes bringing that to the table without anyone asking you to uh, is going to to get you a lot of uh, really positive attention. So that's something I've tried to do, yeah. And I don't think I put a perfect bow on it, but maybe this will. People, we all in our society now enjoy instant gratification. There was no instant gratification in you as a freshman saying, I need to do freshman or I need to do uh, get into leadership roles. I need to be involved on campus. Now, three years later, you have reaped those benefits and you've seen how impactful that can be on your life. So whenever you're thinking about doing leadership roles or if you're in it and you're like, wow, I'm just working and working and working and all the other members in my organization are not working as hard as I am. This sucks. Why am I doing this? just stick it out. You're going to see some benefit from it. And I think that's, uh-huh. that's the moral of that accomplishment for you. Um, I do have another question. What would you yes. say is your biggest failure as a student leader? That's a great question. Um, I would say my biggest failure was, was not, and at, at several points in my college career, not being able to put in a hundred percent. I know okay. I talk about look, it's all sunshine and rainbows. I, I did two organizations. Well, that wasn't always the case. That, sure. took, that took a long time for me to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, I was in five, six things at once. And I was giving him just a little bit of effort each. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I, that that was in many, in some cases, detrimental to the, the people in that organization, because let's say they counted on me for something and I wasn't able to really give at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that took some, some hard conversations and a lot of really critical thinking to figure out where I wanted to focus my time. Um, mm-hmm. but until I was able, until I was able to do that, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a lot of really long days. Um, a, a lot of 
neglect on schoolwork was the mm-hmm. biggest thing I would say. Um, you know, I, I'm coming out doing fine in my classes, but it, <laughs> it, it's still, it's, it was still challenging when, if you're in a lot of student organizations, you naturally, you're going to forget about school because yeah. it's going to take up a lot of your time. I'm sure you saw that too when you were president of AKSI, sure. right? Absolutely. It's like you, you want to, you want to serve these people as best as you can. And then you're like, Oh, I don't want to do my homework. <laughs> so, so for me, it was, for me, it was being, being, being too involved. Um, and, and forgetting about my schoolwork. And, and also, I think being a student leader comes with a lot of responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, uh, many, of which, many of which can really take a lot of control over your life. And so I like when you talk about, you know, staying mentally, physically, nutritionally fit, yeah. right? Yeah. And that, that, and then spiritually as well, is like that, all of those things help you in your role that you're in. Like for me, if, if, I'm, if I'm being conscious of those things, I'm not forgetting about my friends sure. or my family. Yep. or my girlfriend, right? It's like, those, those are very important things. Um, mm-hmm. You can't, you can't neglect the things in life that are the most important to you in a student leadership role. Um, mm-hmm. There were times that I did that. Um, I still have a lot of value coming out of it, but mm-hmm. yeah, a, a lot of things, a lot of things, you can't balance everything in life. Yeah. I don't like this or more work life balance. It's all about prioritization and time management. Sure. Um, and, and those are important things. You, you want to learn how to delegate to people that will help you instead mm-hmm. of doing everything yourself. And yeah. that's something I had to learn the hard way in some cases. Is there anything else that you want to leave with the listeners? Leave with listeners. Um, there is, there, there's a book called essentialism that I really like mm-hmm. that's helped me be able to narrow my focus, prioritize management time better. Um, it's by Greg McCown and it's, it, it really is about distinguishing between all the things in life that may be trivial sure. to just the vital few things. Um, and there's so many, there are so many things I can talk about on this topic, but mm-hmm. saying no is big. Um, learn to say no. I would tell any listener that, um, to the things that you know, aren't as important to mm-hmm. you. Don't, don't worry about what other people are going to say because most of the time you say no. Yeah. You might hear a little bit from someone, but that will go away. Yeah. Um, people will learn to respect you more yeah, mm-hmm. for saying no to things. Um, and I think sometimes not to cut you off, I think you need to say no to yourself. There, yeah. there, there, yeah. there's a bit of scope creep that I know I have to pull myself away from of, Oh, I could do this. This is cool. This is the, uh, this is awesome. I would really like to do that. And sometimes all those things are really good, but you have to like, you have to, you have to cut that fat from your life and cut the good out so that you can focus on the great stuff that you have going yes. on. Yes. That's a, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I would echo that hundred percent. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's an art. It's an, learning to say no is an, is truly an art. Um, mm-hmm. I know we talk about managing your time a lot, but it, doing it well is is very very difficult. But it's just whatever makes you comfortable and happy. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. If there, if there are any people that are listening that would like to contact you and and ask you more questions about your experience or or just say, hey, I really appreciated that you spoke about this. How can they do that? Yeah, so. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I, I love LinkedIn more than any other social media. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on there just Nathan Sergis. Um, feel free to look me up. Um, send me a message. Connect with me. Um, I'd like to connect with as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, send me an email. Uh, nsurgis at purdue.edu is my email. Um, yeah, I, I love connecting with different people and answering any kind of questions. For That's sure. great. At the end of my podcast, I always love to end with these offbeat questions, these this or that questions. So are you ready for that? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) Morning morning person or night owl? I'm going to have to say morning person. Okay. Uh, You talk about habits, right? I started, well, when I was in high school, I had this really nice routine of waking up at 530, going to the gym. Uh, the jan- uh, one of those stores where the janitor did let me in every morning. Um, <laughs> and I would work out before we'll work out, um, shoot some hoops when I play basketball before class. And then after school, I'd have basketball practice, go to golf. And, but the days just felt so much longer, mm-hmm. um, so much more peaceful in the morning when no one else is up. I love, I love getting up to the sunrise. Yep. Um, sounds kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I think more consistently, I'm a morning person. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of instances where I'm a night owl, but it's harder <laughs> for me to be a night owl because I wake up earlier on average. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you can only do that for so many days in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> coffee or tea? Ooh, um, 
Because I know you said you don't do caffeine, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, tea for but I don't drink coffee at all. Yeah. Um, if I do drink tea, it's a very small amount of green tea. Gotcha. Um, to to get a little bit of caffeine in me, but the, I, caffeine affects me. For anyone who knows me, they know that caffeine <laughs> hits me really hard because I already have a lot of energy. Sure. And with I mean, I can't imagine what happened if I drank a Mountain Dew right now. I'd probably be bouncing off the walls for days. Or somebody so, just put a couple Red Bulls into your veins. <laughs> that would not be good. I wouldn't sleep for a while. Yeah. So I'd say tea, and tea, green, green tea is really good for you too. So I, That's you funny. Know, I, I would say that, yeah. <laughs> Dogs or cats? That is ironic that you asked because my girlfriend and I actually just got a little kitten yesterday. Oh, congrats. Um, yeah, well, and so I'm allergic to cats. So normally I would say dogs, right? Sure. But we found a hypoallergenic cat. They're called Siberians. Nice. And and and, and so I've, I've been able to have my first cat as of literally 12 hours ago. Seriously. <laughs> um, so, so that's ironic. I would say, oh, man. Uh, growing up, definitely a dog person. The one dog that I love are huskies. I love mm -hmm. those blue eyes. Sure. Um, I think Huskies are beautiful and that, that's the one dog I want to get when I, when I'm older and I'm able to. So I would say dog person. That's awesome. Summer heat or winter cold? Oh, so I grew up in Northern <laughs> Wisconsin, uh, where, where we'll have snow from early October to late April. Sure. So I, I, I think having grown up there, I got accustomed to the, the, the winter. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, I would say summer heat because I would much rather be uh, sitting on a boat in 90 degree weather than sitting inside it in 10 degree weather. There you yeah. go. That's a good yep. way to put it. What is your favorite way to unwind? Way to unwind. Uh, three, three things for me. Um, I love to golf. That's mm -hmm. one way I get outside, enjoy nature, just relax completely and do something I love to do. Um, reading is a big one for me. I love to read. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to that, writing in my journal, I journal every night. I um, sure. have, done, have done that for about three years now. That's something I would encourage any college kid to do too. Sure. Um, and, and the other one is... Working out probably would be a big one. That that's yeah. one way I unwind. I kind of like I'm kind of like you. I don't unwind by by sitting down and, and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I like to stay moving, or keep my mind active. Yep. Something along those lines. Um. So yeah, those are some things that I that I do to keep me going. Yeah. If you picked up a saxophone right now, could you play it well? Uh, that's. <laughs> I, I, did you did you look into my my information, Chris? You totally did some creeping this, on me. Th it's called research. <laughs> you did your research. So that's funny you asked that. Okay, so I, I I learned to play tenor saxophone when I was nine. I played it until I was eighteen. Sure. I didn't take my talents to Purdue. wasn't really my wasn't really my thing. Uh -huh. um, but but yeah, I, I could I could play saxophone. I, I played in jazz band. I played yeah. in. Um, pep band. I, yeah, a little, little bit of a band geek, a little yeah. bit. I, I also played French horn and trumpet too. Okay. I played three instruments in high school and the saxophone was my main one. I could, yeah, yeah, I could still play. Yeah. Yeah. So if you picked it up right now, your fingers know where to go and everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, my thing, I, I played for so long that I'll be sitting eating dinner, uh, and my hands will just be doing this. <laughs> and my girlfriend would be like, what, the, what are you doing? Like, are you oh, possessed? Got... <laughs> slightly, slightly possessed. Yeah. So, so, it's funny you ask that. Yeah. Oh man, Bears or Packers? I'm from. I was born in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Packers all day. <laughs> Packers all day. Big cheese head oh. here. Huge. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite Purdue memory so far? Favorite Purdue memory. Um, I want to give an additional example because it, it, it would. It, it's to be quite honest with you, it's probably the dinner at Mitch Daniels' house. Sure. I, I, that or the old master's experience, that was, that was phenomenal. Um, from that old master's experience, I was actually flown out to San Francisco for four days mm. to spend some time with uh, the CEO of The Real Real, which is a luxury consignment company. Um, they went public last June. Okay. And I was able to be in, I was able to see that company for three days right after the new year, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, right before they went public. And that was quite the environment to be in. I bet. Um, again, wouldn't have had that opportunity without the old master's program at Purdue, for mm -hmm. sure. Yep. Favorite place to go out for food in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, that's a really good question. Wow. So where I'm from, Wisconsin, there are no chains. So in my county, Door yep. County, um, no chain restaurants. Um, a lot of mom and pop shops, a lot of family owned restaurants. Um, Wow, that's a that's a good question because I don't. You were probably expecting me to say like Milwaukee or, or Green Bay or somewhere big, but sure. Um, my 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 favorite place is a really small place called Alexander's, like two miles from my house. What's and good there? 
Um, they've got some good Italian food. They've got some really good steaks. They've got some good nice. seafood. Uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. Huh. Favorite place to go out for food in Indiana? Oh, oh that's a really okay. I'm gonna say. Like you have one night, let's say you're visiting Indiana for one night and you have one place to go for dinner. Where are you going? Um, if I'm going to treat myself, I'm going to McGraw's Steakhouse just south of Purdue. Okay. McGraw's is super, super good. If I'm going somewhere, because we don't have Chick-fil-A up where I am, where I am right now. So I would probably say I'd go to Chick-fil-A too if I want something quick. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Only have two more questions. So um, awesome. place that you would love to visit before you kick the bucket. Hmm. Um, this is a really weird point here because I have all these countries in Europe where okay. I want to see, I went to Italy after freshman year. Okay. Um, I, I want to go up to a place called Svalbard, S-V-A-L-B-A-R-D. It's actually okay. a, a territory of, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Denmark or Norway, okay. I can't remember, but it, it's like 60 miles from the Arctic circle. Huh. And it's one of those places where in the summer it's the sun never sets and in the winter mm. the sun doesn't come up for four months and i think that's super cool yeah like being somewhere where the sun never goes down i don't know I, that because that's a place not a lot of people travel and you don't need a, a visa or a passport to get there which is uh -huh. super weird huh. yeah so how'd you, so that, how'd you even learn about that place if you go on youtube and look it up there are so many videos of these <laughs> travel bloggers talking about it gotcha. you have to get like a private plane ride up there there's actually a public airport that's like the northernmost airport i mean huh. yeah that, that's one place i go yeah that's awesome um so last question barring any job that you've had in your lifetime what would be your dream job if you could choose dream job. um in the perfect world mm. i would love to get paid to travel and golf okay and there there are people that do but and, and that's one side the other side is like i don't like the people that that actually do that because they make me jealous so <laughs> You know, it's weighing, weighing those pros and cons. Do you like, I, do you like golf because you're good at it? Um, I, I think I was better when I was playing every day. Okay. Uh, I played a few days ago and I had a pretty good round. Um, you know, I have my good days and my bad days now, but if I, even if I play bad, um, a, a good, a bad day of golf for me is better than not golfing at all. Gotcha. That's how I look at it. And yeah. I was going to, I only asked that because you mentioned that you enjoyed it um, uh, to relax and it was, it was something that you enjoyed doing. So I didn't know if it was something you're trying to become better at or just a, yeah, uh, yeah just something that you enjoyed doing. When I was in high school trying to win tournaments, I think I was trying to get better, but now there's really no, I know I'm not going to go to the PGA. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm enjoying it when I can. So yeah. yeah. Well, Nate, <laughs> Nate, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated your insight, and th this was a great interview for me. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So that is a podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I'm really starting to love this student to student series because um, these are such practical tips and tricks and pieces of, of advice that freshmen can use and sophomores can use when they're trying to navigate um, the college campus and. Um, I think we spend a lot of time on the academic side, which is important, but we maybe don't spend enough time on the things that we talked about today, which are time management or finding a mentor on campus um, or how to choose a student organization and the benefits of joining student organizations and the benefits of, of being a student leader on campus. Um, and I think the more that we get that message to the freshmen and to the sophomores, the better we're all going to be. Um, so. If you're curious and you want to ask Nathan uh, a few more questions, feel free to reach out to him and send him a message on LinkedIn or email. He is very active on, on LinkedIn. It doesn't take him very long to respond to me the few times that I've reached out to him. And if you're interested in more content about being a better pre professional or a better leader, you can head over to chris-molina.com. You can scroll to the bottom and click on I want free leadership content sent straight to my inbox and that'll sign you up for the email list where i sent out uh, free leadership content straight to you and you can unsub unsubscribe at any point if it's not your cup of tea you can also find me on linkedin uh, and i post more things on linkedin than i do um than i send out emails so um, if you check me out on LinkedIn and, and uh, connect with me, I'll more than likely press accept and you'll be able to access all the articles that I write on LinkedIn and then all of the posts that I post out there. And also, if you're interested in reading my first book, it's titled I'm in a Leadership Role Now What? The Student Edition. Um, and it's a book that I created 
that uh, primarily helps students become better leaders and better professionals and, and helps them understand the foundational leadership principles and traits that all good leaders understand. Um, and you can find it anywhere books are sold. Most people find it on Amazon, but you can also find it on Barnes and Nobles or even at your local library or local bookstores. So if you prefer to give your business to local bookstores or local libraries, you can ask them to order it. Oh, you just need to give them the, the author name and the title and they can order it for you. And lastly, just one quick favor. If you have a few minutes, um, I would love to hear your feedback. So you can leave a review on this podcast or about this podcast on whatever platform you're using right now, or you can send me an email. And my email is chris at chris-molina.com. So that's C-H-R-I-S at C-H-R-I-S dash M-O-L-I-N-A.com. And also, if you've read my book, I'd love to hear your feedback and your reviews on that. So until next time, remember that it's never too early or too late to start your leadership journey or to start investing in yourself through professional development. Thanks and have a great day.